0: Welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yance. Today, my guest is Daniel A. Lola. He is the artistic director of the Lake Worth Playhouse. This is part one. Enjoy. Okay, today I have a guest with me. I have Daniel A. Lola. How are you doing, sir? Excellent, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So, um... The first thing I was interested to, well, I, I came across in my uh, research is that uh, your first love was basketball.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, I come from a family of, I'm, I'm the youngest of six, and I have mm-hmm. three older brothers, and um, I just was, I grew up playing basketball. I grew up um, actually right outside of Southwest Philadelphia. Hmm. So it was a lot of kids my age um, and back when I was young uh, in the summertime or after school, you just sort of went out of the house and you had to keep busy for, you know, for the next few hours until, until dinner, until it was time to do homework. So um, it was usually the easiest thing to do to go down to the park and and play and play some sort of sports. But I always sort of gravitated to basketball and my family did as well. I have a brother that played um, college basketball. My father played on a state championship basketball team um, in Michigan. Uh, so it was always, um, it was always present in our life. Wow. Basketball. Yeah.
0: Now, now it's true that you're six, seven, correct? Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah. I'm tall. I'm probably about six, six now. I think I'm shrink, shrinking six, a bit. Six,
0: About <laughs> six, six.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you, you, uh, you, you played a center. Yes. Which, you know, of of yeah. course. <laughs> yes. Is is height something in the family? Is that something that runs in the family? Yes,
1: I'm actually the the tallest in my family. But my I'm six 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 seven. My brother, my brother and my father were both six five. I have two other brothers that were six three six four, and wow. I have two sisters as well, and they're about five eight
0: to five ten. Wow, damn. Yeah. Um. So coming from like a sports uh, family, was the arts a big thing there, or were you just kind no. of to- not not at all
1: um, for me it was the, my introduction to to acting and theater and was through film um being the youngest of of six i was the the youngest by about 10 years so it was in essence almost growing up uh an only child in a big family if that makes sense yeah, yeah. um so to fill time a lot uh, you know at it, 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 late at night. I was always a night owl too. So I would always, um, stay up late and pop the TV on at one in the morning when my parents were asleep. And, um, you know, I, I grew up on films, all sorts of films, uh, classics, uh, movies of the day. So I was always obsessed with, uh, with acting and with, with film. Um, and then I didn't realize until high school that theater was a form of that, that all film you know, a lot of film actors and directors and whatnot um had come from the theater world and i wasn't really exposed to, to theater until i was dating a girl who was in a production of funny girl in high school oh. so i saw the the live production of that and, and it intrigued me early on that that was possible that that that, that was i was always sort of had this this image of of what theater was in my head and it didn't line up with what i you know with the energy and the uh, um um and what i was struck by seeing a live production um so that's sort of when theater first uh, was when i first noticed theater but um no we weren't an artistic family in that sense and it wasn't like you know we we, we spent weekends going to see shows or anything like that it was farther couldn't be farther from from that honestly yeah. it was it was more of a blue collar or sports um you yeah. sort of did what the joneses did in the neighborhood sort of thing and and the performing arts weren't, weren't a part of that, that equation.
0: Yeah. So were they, so you kind of, did you start going out for plays in, at the end of high school or. I, when I went into.
1: <clears throat> when I started college, <clears throat> I took an acting class as an elective. Yeah. Um, like arts, humanities elective. And I remember the first day of class and I, I'm, and I'm, I was always shy. I was never one to. Um, be the life of the party or, or, uh, be one to be the first one to go public speaking or anything along those lines. But, um, because of my interest in film, um, and the availability of it as an elective, I figured, why not? Let's just check this out. And I remember my first day in an acting class in college, um, we did like these improv exercises. And I remember it just clicked, and um, I was doing things that were get was that, that got a reaction out of the other students as the audience and from the from the professor, and um, you know to hear a laugh for the first time when you're when you're involved in those activities, it really, you know, it just kind of um, just gave me this feeling, this the feeling that you still get today. I still get today, of uh, yeah. you know that adrenaline rush. Um, so I parlayed that the professor of the of the class actually knew of these one-act uh, original plays that were being produced by the college. And um, I, I, they suggested that I audition for them and I, and I got a part. So I very quickly went from um, taking my first class to being in a production in front of about 500 people each night, which was terrifying mm-hmm. at first. Yeah. <laughs> and without any real, you know, strenuous Training as of yet, yeah, I would get that later. But I always say the best, really, the best training is to is to um, is to get up there and and to to be in something, um, whether it's good, bad, mediocre. Um, you know, the more stage time that you can get and experience, um, you really can't go wrong, in my opinion. So, um, you know, I I went through the process of like a six week rehearsal and a couple weeks of performances. And um, I still remember my first time on the stage because it was it was a monologue. It was four monologues. So I had one of the monologues was about 45 minutes long. And I remember um, starting the monologue and about three lines in, I jumped to the end. (laughs) And uh, just because of nerves, I could not control I didn't have any techniques to to deal with any of that stuff yeah, so
0: 45 minute monologue that's a, yes that's a huge that's, thing that just a huge put on the novice actor
1: <laughs> it's a huge undertaking and uh you know they had had an understudy for all of us but my understudy had had quit a few weeks beforehand that' it, you know so it was was really all on me and I did not realize the pressure of it until we got closer and then all I could think about that first performance were the people that were there to see me <laughs> I couldn't get yeah. that out of my head, and I remember going out on stage, and I, I still couldn't shake it. And um, I remember jumping to the end, just messing up my lines. And I remember, you know, there was about a five second delay there, which felt like, you know, it could have been five minutes. Um, where I was able to adapt, remember where I was at, and 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 tie it back into the beginning, and not begin again, but take it from there. And I was able to circle back at the end and correct what I had done there as well but just that feeling of being able to adapt and to figure it out in real time in front of people was an amazing feeling too and I carry that with me to this day uh, as far as you know a lesson learned that day of just you know just to keep going and to hang in there and to to you know there have been a million things that have happened over over the years but you know that was the first thing that really stood out to me, and then you know having success with that, then it led to um, to to going out and being cast in other productions, and and just uh, then getting some some really good formal training um, from different from different areas. Um, but again, continuing to try to get cast in any role in anything I could uh, could get cast in, just to be a part of uh, a production. Um, you know, and I realized later in life too, when I when I came back to it, um, you know how much I learned and and gleaned from other folks, um, in in my uh, directing, when I when I mm. really strictly became a director, how much I had learned from you know from good, bad, or indifferent again, um, you know what I wouldn't do, what I would do, um, who I wanted to emulate as far as. Uh, how they interacted with a cast, or how they did their preparation. Um, so uh, you know, just I always sort of kept my eyes and ears open um, and um, you know, just try to get involved in whatever I could early on. Um, just to to be a part of things and to learn.
0: who so like, what style did you did you come to study in? I'm just curious.
1: Well, I I fell in love while well, I went through this Stanislavski training, but I fell in love specifically with, uh, with, uh, Lee Strasberg. Um, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite books by him, I'm going to get it wrong. now. was uh, a dream of passion was one mm-hmm. that I, I would read over and over again and, and gleaned a lot from and, and learned a lot from. Um, so I was, you know, and I, I was into the whole actor studio thing. And, and, um, uh, before they even came out with that that show with James Lipton, um, I just yeah. a lot of my a lot of my reading, a lot of my the people that I that I would interact with in the theater world were of that mindset. So that's that's where um, that's where my training, a lot of my study was um, initially, and you know it, over the years it has, you know of course expanded and, and and whatnot, but that's still my base.
0: See I I went to uh, the neighborhood playhouse for Meisner and I also went wow. to the Strasberg theater and film So I have like the opposite of the two coins because, um,
1: Yeah.
0: Neighborhood Playhouse gives you like two years and if you don't get in to the second year I was just kind of like all right well screw you I'm going to go to Yeah. I'm going to go to Strasberg and do their do their yeah. technique. so I like have like both so so I'm familiar with both but that's so cool that you um cool. that, that, you, that you that you're um familiar with that. Yes. Did one of your professors at Townsend University push you towards that? Or... No, I
1: found it on my own. I found it on my own. I just, you know, I, I, I usually when I'm, um, there's not many more examples other than the theater, but it's always yeah. been something for me um, where I've just always um, thirsted for more knowledge or, or, you know, and I had, going back to, the way I'd grown up and the films that I'd seen and the actors that populated those films in that time period, you know, the more research I did on them, I found out where they trained and, um, mm. you know, what was important because, to them.
0: Because you mentioned um, in a previous interview, uh, Wait Until Dark.
1: And yeah. And that's
0: with uh, Alan Arkin. And yes. I think he went to, I think he went to one of one of those schools. Yes. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I directed Wait Until Dark I, about five years now, and um, that was something I was able to bring to uh, the main stage here at the Playhouse and some yeah. people, which, you yeah, know, they're, 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 it's it's to, dark. I mean, it's
0: they um, what, what is it? I think they they sold that movie in the trailers saying that we're going to darken the theater to the amount yeah. that is is absolute possible to darken a theater. But yeah, now I don't think you could do that. Like I guess they're saying like they would hi- they would darken the exit signs, which would yes. be a big no no today. But what was difficult about it
1: with that particular particular production is you had to light you had everything had to be dark, but you had to light what was going on, on the stage with yeah. the refrigerator light. Um, mm. So you know, of course, we couldn't go completely dark. But uh, yeah, that was the biggest challenge <laughs> of, of, of that. Was that sequence? Because not only is the lighting particularly challenging there, but the also the scene itself is very physical. It's an attempted murder at, at that point with with uh, the villain um, Harry Rote, I believe his name is. It's been a few years, um, yeah. who's attacking um, our, our our lead our lead uh, actress in that, and that was that was um, difficult in its own right, but then also. With with the lighting and 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 whatnot, but that was a production I was really proud of. That was that accomplished. You know what I wanted to accomplish with the, the audience that typically comes out and sees a show in our main stage theater. They're used to bright and happy, and even with yeah. our, you know, even with Agatha Christie, it's you know it's it's implied violence that happens off stage and 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 whatnot. But this was really in your face, um, yeah. a terrifying fifteen minute stretch that we got to put together and I got to see how it would affect uh this audience each night you know
0: how did did it work did did you it it was tremendous yeah oh yeah
1: yeah I would watch people jump I would sit in the back every night and watch them jump at certain times where I wanted them to jump you know and and uh, yeah it was just a great 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 production
0: that that's great Yeah, Yeah. yeah I was listening to um when you did Flashdance, you did an interview and you talked about yeah. that you were gonna be doing Wait Until Dark. So I was like, I wanted to mention that. Um, yeah. You mentioned actors that you like looked up to. Who, who were those actors? I'm just curious.
1: Well, it was the, you know, the obvious ones of, yeah. uh, you know, it was Al Pacino when I was a kid, I, I, you yeah. know, the godfather, Robert De Niro, um, Robert Duvall. Um, who else from that time period? Jack Nicholson, of course um i mean i know there's some more obscure ones that i'm that i'm uh, glossing over um but yeah i would say basically those folks um and you know and yeah i would say back in that time period when when most of the films that i was seeing bill murray i always enjoyed as well yeah um, he's
0: a very underrated um very underrated just just straight actor if you look yes. at some of his older, older work, you know, he, yes. um, I mean, he took, he took off from acting to study philosophy, which well, he makes a joke of that in, uh, in Groundhog Day when yeah. that's exactly what he did.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember the first thing that I saw him in that was, um, wasn't some sort of Saturday Night Live or, or, um, or, a Caddyshack type film was, um, or the Buffalo Road where he played um Um, Hunter Thompson, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, they're the most obvious ones that come to my head. I'm sure, you know, if I could write them down (laughs) with you and thought about it for
0: 10 minutes, it
1: would be there would be a lot more. But um they're the they're the folks that, you know, that led me to Strasbourg, that led me to 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 um researching that and sort of applying that as well but then when i went to school some of the professors in towson would teach different elements of that that i could connect on to, but also mm-hmm. you know would 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 teach a lot of other things that i'd never been exposed to as well so you know, so
0: did you did you learn because you were in baltimore when you went, went to school yeah. did you stay in baltimore or did you go back up to philadelphia to to, I went, to study
1: I, I stayed in baltimore for a little bit probably for about a year and then i went back to philadelphia um, uh, mm-hmm. and I studied with a guy named George Dicenzo, is probably the best acting, um, teacher I've ever worked with. He, um, his claim to fame was, he was in the television movie, Helter Skelter. He played the, the, the DA, mm-hmm. but he was also, he would always pop up in things. He, he was in, um, uh, back to the future. He played the father who hit Marty with the car, um, oh. um so, yeah, I would study with him a few uh, days a week and it was, you know, high level classes. That's, that's, yeah. for me, it's always um, an indicator of a theater region too, is if you have places where professionals can go and really continue to study. And cause I mean, there's not how many opportunities do you really have to, to be on stage consistently? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, um, so I... it was a great opportunity to do that.
0: that that's cool. And that was, and mm-hmm. that was in Philadelphia that's great you didn't they didn't have to go to like you know new york it was like no now those it's becoming obs- more obscure to yeah. get those kind of teachers they're all either in new york or they're la yeah I mean, now we have zoom so you can somewhat get them but it's right it's not the same as like me it's being not the as
1: same today. as being in the room feeling, you know yeah and well the, well the thing was that he he taught classes in new york as well so new york mm-hmm. and philly are only an hour and a half apart so mm-hmm. it's
0: Oh, really? It's not, See, it's,
1: it's not that difficult, you know, so he would teach a few times a week in New York and a few times a week in Philly. And also I could go up to I could be in based in Philly and also audition in New York and audition in Philly. Um, but yeah, that was, um, that was something that I wish I had now actually was <laughs> that type of class that was around where you could really in to be pushed and challenged. And, you know, it wasn't just a basing yeah. acting class, you know,
0: yeah see that's the thing a lot of it, a lot of those older ones there was the scene study aspect but they also pushed you into other directions yeah as well and now it's really just the scene study where you come in and you're watching somebody and it's it's over yeah and it's like but in order for it to really take effect it has to be almost 24 7 you got to be yeah surrounded by it it can't right. just be you know that's what i liked about Strasbourg and especially Neighborhood Playhouse, they wouldn't let you do anything. You couldn't do any short films. You had yeah. to basically, you were there like nine to five every day and you yeah. were just absorbed in it. Yeah. Um. Th- so now you leave you leave acting and you go into, uh, you become a claims adjuster, right? <laughs> Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I did a few different things. I did a
1: few different things. Um, yeah, it was, Um. you know, I was at a time in my life where I was in a relationship and yeah. I actually met um, my first wife in a production of Barefoot in the Park. I played Paul and she played Corey. Um, so, yeah, um, it was something where I felt like I had to be more responsible and start a family and, and do all these things. Yeah. And so I did a few different things. I did some, um, I, I worked for a real estate appraiser for a bit of time. Um, I worked for State Farm Insurance. That was the last non theater job I've had. It was about 12 years ago now um but yeah it was it was it was never happy it was just something to make money and to work for work in an industry you know where i could make a lot of money possibly down the line and um it just never made me happy it was never fulfilling and there was always something uh missing for me and um it was just uh just a hole in my life that that you know i didn't realize until i started to do yeah. it again um, how much you know it meant to me.
0: the The reason I bring it up is because yeah. now you're the artistic director at Lake Worth Playhouse, which I should yes. have mentioned at the very beginning. Which yeah. you, I'll have an I'll have a aside for that. Um, yeah. With do, you, did that prepare you for that job?
1: Oh, that, definitely. That's 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 the the positive experience of all that is. It taught me how to be a professional. It taught yeah. me, you know. It taught me how to be organized, how to plan, how to lead, um, as well as sports, is going way back to when I was a kid.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, just how to conduct yourself. Um. In the corporate world, um, would allow me to do the same in you know theater administration world, where I have yeah. to deal with subscribers or deal with. Um, leaders of other theaters or leaders of other nonprofit organizations or, or anything along those lines. It did prepare me for that. Um, yeah, that's. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's why I brought it up Is I was like, I bet that, I mean, you might not have enjoyed it at the time, but as you said, yeah. it prepared you for sure. what you're going to be able to do. The, the, the office side of being an the office side. director. The administration yeah.
1: uh, aspect of it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely yeah. helped with that. Yeah.
0: So that's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. So you've explained this before, but, you know, I'm going to let you say it again. Tell me how you got involved with the Lake Worth Playhouse.
1: I was working for State Farm Insurance, and it was during a period of time where um, they started to get competition from GEICO and, you know, all the silly commercials that the insurance companies do. Um, Mm -hmm. State Farm used to be, like, straight down the line, you know, Mr. Steady Eddie. And frankly, they started to lose out to the competition somewhat. Um, So they started to shift the company a bit. And basically, they closed down uh, one of the main offices that I worked in in Pennsylvania. And I had a choice whether um, I wanted to be relocated or just sort of cash out and start somewhere new. So I cashed out. And at the time, I didn't really have any deep connections in the Philadelphia area, Pennsylvania, family sort of moved around the country. Uh, my parents had both passed. So I had an opportunity to come down to Lake Worth, Florida, well, the, the West Palm Beach area in Florida. So I did and I got a little place and I was killing time one day, I was supposed to meet a friend. So I came to downtown Lake Worth and walked down the main strip lake avenue here and i saw this old historic theater and they were showing little shop of horrors at the time so i stopped in uh talked to them at the box office i bought a ticket saw the show it was tremendous i stopped um at the box office afterwards asked them some more and they had auditions coming up for an agatha christie play called the unexpected guest believe you know it was strange mm. so i um went and got a script, ordered a script of The Unexpected Guest, uh, read it about five times. I started to pick out in my mind where the sides would, what sides would I pick if I was putting the show together. And I sort of got really familiar with those, went into the auditions and I got the lead role in Mm -hmm. The Unexpected Guest. And um, while I was here, the artistic director of the time, remember she gave me a hug and it was my birthday one of the auditions nights, she found out about it and sang happy birthday to me with a few other people. And I felt so welcome and so special <laughs> yeah. for lack of a better better word. Just something about this organization just made me feel like I had a home in a new area. Um so I came in, I did that play. I, I acted in that play. it had been I don't know how many years since I had been on stage acting. So there was some, there was some uh, growing pains getting back into it, but it was a great production at the end of the day. And um, they brought me in, they wanted me around for, for other things here. And um, so the artistic director had this black box theater that, that was sitting dormant. They were showing independent films, but they wanted to do some live entertainment. And she talked to me about a series in here about uh, doing some small plays, and some intimate stuff in this space. So they gave me that to start to keep me around. Um, I also volunteered and, and, and worked backstage on a variety of different shows just to be around it again because being away from it and having the opportunity to be around it again and and I realized that one of the things I realized is when I was strictly an actor um, years ago that was always I was always in my head about me you know mm-hmm. um, what do I need to do? what do I need from this me 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 And then when I started to go on the other side of things and I realized that, you know you're just a part of a whole uh especially when you started when i started to direct and sometimes i'll need you to to, the music term sometimes i need you to be my lead guitar player sometimes you just got to play bass you know sometimes you gotta you know lay me down a you know something um so when i started to work you know on some stuff backstage and in the lighting booth i would just do whatever i could to be around it again and 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 i realized that i could get the same sort of um adrenaline rush and the same sort of satisfaction just being any part of a production so I worked a lot on things for them they gave me the black box what I uh, turned into the black box series here Um, so for about five years I strictly and I did some fundraising for them they hired me on uh, part-time at first then full-time so I did some that's also um, working in the corporate world prepared me for um uh, learning how to write grants and you know and, and how to manage things like and manage grants and to you know and to do that sort of thing so I got into the grant writing and fundraising portion of things for a bit um and was able to do that for the organization but also um develop the black box series which we have been doing for almost 10 years now um and each season we we do three to four um you know Edward Alvey I've done a uh, Annie Baker. I've done a whole variety of, of different playwrights. We just did True West by Sam Shepard. I'll do Ooh. newer relevant stuff and I'll do some classic stuff as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I got to come in here and I got to really just program what I wanted to do and what I wanted to showcase and what I was interested in. And um, I got to work with some like-minded people, the people that, that came out and auditioned for things or uh, stage managed. I have the stage manager that's been with me for 10 years over here um so yeah it was just sort of uh, getting some like-minded people um and working on stuff together and um those people have changed over the years they cycle in and out um but it's still the same spirit that i try to keep here and um yeah it's been uh, it's been quite a ride wow yeah what
0: what was your major in i'm, I'm curious theater theater yeah and was your minor Acting, in business
1: no strictly theater and I was was, my focus was acting my concentration was acting um and when I first started to direct I would always come at it I find that as an artistic director when I I hire directors here I'll I'll direct yeah I'll direct maybe two to three productions a year and the rest I um I I um, contract in I'll I'll interview people and bring them in and I find that you know whatever somebody's specialty is like I have a, a great director who is an equity stage manager you know Mm. so her whole approach is you know she's going to figure out the transitions and you know that side of things first as you know as as she goes into rehearsals or have somebody that does musicals who's a tremendous singer so that's always Mm. the focus first and everything else will fall in line afterwards and for me it's always been uh the acting um and and getting something up on its feet and and you know doing some table work, but also talking through things. That's that's my favorite thing to do. And then yeah. staging, painting pictures and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been quite a ride with that, but then at a certain point in about five years here, um, doing the Black Box series, our artistic director at the time retired and mm-hmm. moved to Georgia. So they weren't quite sure if I could make the transition, I guess, to big, <laughs> frilly musicals so i was interim artistic director for a season and i was able to to transfer what i learned in the smaller space to the larger space trying to set that same tone of um i don't know i I like to get talented people but also good people to work Mm -hmm. with people that i want to spend six to eight weeks around yeah that other that other folks want to spend six to eight weeks around um so i and, and and try to make it a supportive, um, creative atmosphere. Um, and I think that I was able to take that feeling, put it on the main stage as well with the musical productions, um, and sort of, um, elevate that a bit. And, um, so now my focus is sort of both, both spaces plus whatever else we're we're trying to develop. So it's gotten a lot busier, um, three times as busy as, as it used to be but just because we just keep churning tr- out more, more and more programming.
0: Yeah. How um, did you guys deal with, with COVID?
1: COVID was, was terrible, but we're in Florida. So yeah, that means that the <laughs> opened everything up and, yeah. you know, it was a real dilemma for us, but if we stayed dark, we would have, we would have gone out of business. We wouldn't be here. Yeah. So what we did was once we were able to, once we got the, county and state go ahead to open this kind of facility, there was always, um, you know, there was restrictions placed on it. We could only fill half of the uh, theater and we had to do, space, you know, we had to space people out and whatnot. And it was, you know, of course masks and and whatnot. So that's what we did. Um, That's great. What we ended up doing actually is I had a whole season of shows that were really large shows Mm. um, on our main stage. I had the producers, I had,
0: uh, Mm.
1: what else did I have, Annie? um just all these really big shows with really big casts so what we did was was, shows. yeah yeah but what we had to do was we couldn't have all of these casts you know these shows with huge casts and expect to have everybody be safe and then make it to the finish line so what we did was just ripped up the whole season we went back and i just selected shows that were two people in a show four people in a show but what did it, what did it actually we did our best work during yeah. covid yeah <laughs> because i got to do musicals that i don't want to i want to say mattered you know it wasn't not that guys and dials doesn't matter or that beehive doesn't they're, matter they're their favorites they're
0: favorites. Their favorites. guys they people, and dolls. i'll
1: tell you we just we just did beehive the 1960s musical and i've never yeah. seen an audience so goddamn happy to leave with, as they were leaving the theater because of how you know, much they love the music and excited they were for it and whatnot so there is you know I, i'm i'm a dark <laughs> twisted yeah person. I, I get
0: that i like that you know
1: what i mean but i do that's one of the things too about becoming the artistic director here i appreciate that now i appreciate the good feeling the building <laughs> because people yeah. are just goddamn happy to hear a good song you know um but what we had to do is rip all that up and i came back with next to normal which oh. is five people. That's, yeah. I did uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh, that's a great one. Which is one. two people. And then we had a band. Uh, I did uh, Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill, which yeah. is two people. And uh, I did Always Patsy Klein, which is two people. But because oh, nobody wow. else in the area was doing anything, like, there was only a few other people. I was getting, you know, some really, not that I don't get top notch talent, but I was even getting even more top-notch talent when people would yeah. see that this is available and, hey, I'm okay. I'm, you know, we, we were very careful about protecting our performers as well. We had masked and visored rehearsals up to a certain yeah. point. And then when the, the stuff came out with the testing and the vaccines, you know, we were always about that. So, yeah. you know, the folks that came in here to work on things, trusted they were gonna be okay, trusted us. Um, and, you know, we did our, like I said, we did some of our best work because we had great material that wasn't necessarily wow. smiling, waving and, you know, uh, overly <laughs> happy. <laughs>
0: is, that, is that how you, is that how you came? Is that how you came to Heather's? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the programming a season
1: is, is difficult because you have to look at it, especially in a place like this, like a transient state or a place where people come for a part of the year, you mm-hmm. sort of have to, lay out a season in a certain way and in the summertime what we try to do is do something that will bring the folks in from the bars down the street or yeah. the maybe the non um maybe the, the person that's not so much of a theater fan but would but go knows, see a live show
0: and knows the movie
1: yeah that knows the movie and yeah. also we also we have a glut of performers that go to all these performing art, like younger performers that go to all the performing art schools in the country, and we try to get some of them involved each season um, mm-hmm. in the summertime. For instance, when I did, I didn't realize that Heather. I mean, I love the film Heather's. I didn't, and yeah. I and I love the soundtrack. Just researching it and and, and getting into it, I love the book. And I thought this is good. I mean, this is this is a good little summer show to roll out there. What I didn't realize was it's such a Popular show among performers from 18 to 24. That I had yeah. a record. I had a record turnout for auditions, and I ended up casting. It's the first time I've ever done this. I ended up casting the two, three of the leads from a video audition. They were students at NYU, and mm-hmm. they were based. You know, the kid lived in one. Kid lived in Boynton Beach. One other kid lived in West Palm Beach down here, um, and it was just tremendous production. But yeah, that I mean, Heather sort of piggybacked onto the dark, (laughs) the dark musicals that we had been presenting. Um, Yeah. Well,
0: it's not really that. It's it's not as dark as the film. That was my problem with the with the musical. I remember seeing it in New York, and I was like, Yeah, that's not how that's not how it happened. No, no. (laughs) But but dark doesn't get redemption. Right. Right.
1: Exactly but dark enough that we had to put, like, for instance, we yeah. had to put a lot of warnings in the, in the playbill and whatnot. Yeah, it's a still a dark yeah. play.
0: It's still dealing with, you know, murder yeah. and, and things like that. It's just, it ends happy.
1: Yes, yes, it does end happy. They, they <laughs> actually the come one. on the stage yeah. for the final song. Yeah, that would yeah. bother me every night, too. There's J.D., you know, up in the balcony, yeah. singing with uh, Heather Chandler, yeah. you know, and everything's, everything's, know. Uh, everything's okay, you know?
0: Yeah, whereas in the other <laughs> one, it's... It's just Christian Slater blowing himself
1: up. Right, 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 right.
0: It's like lighting yeah, a so cigarette.
1: Lighting a cigarette, right. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, and actually, you know, it kind of carried over as well, because I think that, um, you know, some of the board and, and uh, the executive director here as well got to see, you know, the work that we, we could do if we veered off a bit into some, you know, maybe some more sensitive material. Uh, yeah. or, or stuff that's not necessarily um, old traditional uh, musicals. And we actually opened this season up with, after Heather's, I followed it up with Fun Home, which yeah, was a tremendous, uh, tremendous production here. We had a really, really fantastic cast and director. But of course, it doesn't draw um, the attendance like guys really? in No, it doesn't. You know, doesn't because it, I, this,
0: fun House? Fun Home, on Broadway. you know, it
1: was, it was an average average to below average audience as far as uh, turnout. But we tried something out there like Beehive and, you know, I have 250 to 300, I, I almost have a full house every night. Um, but it's also about, you know, um, defining who you are too. Um, you know, change sometimes takes some time and putting some material out there each season, you know, is kind of the way to do it. You know, it's sort of introducing your audience to, to different things. And it's yeah, not like that's, a show like yeah. Fun Home or, or Next to Normal or anything like that is so outrageous that, you know, somebody that goes to see uh, Mamma Mia won't,
0: yeah.
1: won't, won't watch it and enjoy what it is and maybe get something from it. They just need to be maybe pushed or, you know, trust yeah. what we do here, trust that we do good shows and that this is going to be good and trust us, come check this out.
0: And that, that's a and, good thing that you're that you're doing. You're kind of like spot, putting them in putting these hidden gems in there and be like, well, here's right. something that you might not really think is great, but watch right. how we do it. You know, Watch how we and do just it. Expand.
1: Yeah. And here and here is the, you know, here is the uh, the shiny object for Christmas time when <laughs> everybody's in town and, you know, all of the snowbirds are, 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 yeah. are in the area that's when we'll, you know, we'll sort of go with tried and true programming to, you know, really to, to satisfy that audience.
0: Yeah, and yeah, the people that come give... in from New York to, you yeah. know, and you get kinda, away from and the cold. Know, yeah.
1: And also like even a, a, a the play about the baby with Edward Albee, we'll get that New York crowd that are down for the season that wanna come mm. see something that they would see, you know, off Broadway or, you yeah. know, in, in Greenwich Village or something like that. So we, we we'll also program something that's more identifiable to the intellectual that's coming down for, for the winter yeah. as well. So and we I try to cover smart. all those bases. Yeah. We try to cover all those bases. Um, and, you know, like there's certain times of the year when we can try things out and, yeah. you know, October, we tried out fun home, you know, in July, yeah. we tried out it's Heather. So Halloween. It's, it's
0: the time to yeah, do it's it. Halloween. Yeah. 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 You did, uh, you did reasons to be pretty and you talked about how yeah. there was kind of that was kind of a tricky show. Talk a little yes. bit about I know this is a long time ago, but I'm, yeah. I'm curious T- talk about like, what was what was the hardest thing about doing that show like just well, it's, And th- it, w- when did you do it exactly. Um, I
1: did it She's about everything I, I always say five years ago. <laughs> it it uh, every, with everything it's five years ago. Um, okay two weeks (laughs) i would say about seven years ago i did reasons to be pretty and i always liked the writing but when you get into it it's it's you know it's misogynistic in in a sense yeah you know and it's supposed to be it's supposed to um on, on some level but but i i guess being raised you know i came from a large family i was i was raised by um women primarily, even though I had brothers and a father, they were always off doing things or working and whatnot. So I was raised by my sister and my mom primary, my sisters and my mom primarily. So Mm. I've always I've always sort of had that perspective, I Mm. guess, in in my head. And when I was when I was doing Reasons to be pretty specifically, I worked to make the female characters stronger than they were written
0: Mm.
1: in the script itself. not that that was like a conscious choice at the time. It was like I came in and I went, you know, fuck the playwright. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming in and I'm doing what I want to do. It was just sort of the way I work and yeah. getting in the room with the people and and working on it is, is how it turned out. Just because naturally discussing these characters and getting into the scene work, that's where it led us. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it, it turned out that I had people say that, you know, their opinion of it had changed because, you know, they initially had read it and gone thinking it was this and it really turned out to be something different. But that was one of my favorite uh, things to work on in this space. I was able to, and that was a a situation too where um, I was able to um, help actors make discoveries. I remember (laughs) sometimes you go round and round with this theoretical stuff and you get in your head, um you know as a director and actors trying to explain something out but that was as simple as giving one actor a piece of chewing gum during one rehearsal and they started to chew the chewing gum in this one scene and it made like a chain reaction and and broke this this uh this this slump they were in that they just could not figure out the, the 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 rhythm of the character um yeah and it was the it was the character um I forget the name of the character, but the security guard um, uh, the female who was in who who was the security guard in the show her husband got her a job in the in the factory um, but yeah, I remember that was a, a moment to see an actor grab onto something like that and then make it their own and then take it to a whole nother level. Um, that's what I enjoy like I really enjoy uh that's the payoff to this stuff is is to see somebody um get it um lean into it and then take it to levels that you you know that they didn't think they could or that you know that that you you know that, that you didn't think they could but just to see yeah. somebody succeed and thrive yeah you know yeah and, and what, and what you partisan. saw
0: in them and they didn't realize was in them helps helped bring that out yeah, yes i get that. exactly exactly yeah yeah I want to thank my guest, Daniel A. Lola, for uh, his time. I hope you enjoyed the interview. That was the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two. As always, you can find me at Justin Yachts. If you like this podcast, please, you know, give it a nice review. And if you would like to see more, consider subscribing. And I will see you next time on the DMF.